Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, May 25th, 2020. It's Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day Monday. What's Memorial Day today? And um, obviously it's not a normal holiday weekend. Um, we did not do anything <laughs> except stay at home, really. And I mean, I went running in the morning Julie has gone to the store. Oliver has gone for very short walks. Today, they went to the toy store down the street and bought a scooter. So he's been scooting around today, which has been nice. And he has scooted up and down our block a hundred times. And then they went to one of the closed streets to uh, go scoot right now. Um, But anyway, he has a nice new purple scooter. Um, But other than that, it's been just a quiet Memorial Day. I was realizing that uh, in Carroll Park here, they always have a um, remembrance service at the um, Cenotaph, I guess it is, the memorial, in the middle of the park on Memorial Day at 11 a.m. And I I was wondering, Carroll Park has been closed for, you know, all of this, but I was wondering if they were going to have some sort of like ceremony today or some sort of social distanced ceremony. And at the end of my run this morning, I walked um, by Carroll Park and it was still closed and locked and there was no sign of any activity today. Um, literally no sign. I was looking for some sort of like a sign that someone would hang up. And then I Googled it and I brought up the Facebook link, which is kind of unwieldy to open when you're not on Facebook because they don't really, there's like pop-ups and everything. But I noticed that there's no, there were no new posts. And then I saw Representative Brad Lander's tweet saying um, how he was saying that it was not a normal year and they can't gather, but they will again soon. And so I was like, okay, that settles it, that there's obviously no ceremony. But I usually like going because I like to um, pay my respect to those who have sacrificed for the rest of us. And it's just kind of nice to do something that's part of the community. And um, at at these ceremonies, and I've gone like, Every day, every year for years in Carroll Park, you also see a lot of the um, longtime neighborhood residents, which is nice. Um, so, but not to be this year, which I wasn't expecting. But yeah, it's still kind of like oh, another confirmation that nothing is nothing is normal right now. Um, but it does seem like some restaurants are going to open that have been closed, which is good. And maybe they're adapting, obviously, as they have to. Um, Julie and Oliver went for a walk up Court Street, I think it was yesterday, and she said that she saw that like Osaka, which is one of our favorites. Um, I thought they were not open, but um, I guess they're opening again, or they're setting up a situation where you can pick up from them. There's like a table in the front or something, is what she said. And uh, so we're definitely gonna order Osaka if not tonight, then this week. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that the businesses get kind of up and running again. Um, I was talking with friends about Bar Great Harry, my beloved Bar Great Harry, which has not done anything. It's been completely closed and not unlike or not like other bars um, in Brooklyn and everywhere, which are doing things like um, selling cans to go or selling, you know, made drinks, cocktails to go, however they do that. Um, Bar Great Harry's been completely shuttered, which 
um, worries me. And I was talking with two of my beer nerd friends yesterday, and um, they were speculating that perhaps um, there is a business reason why Bar Great Harry is not opening in terms of like they want to show the landlord that they actually have been shut down. So maybe that's you know helping them to not have to pay rent in some way or delaying paying rent or maybe there's some sort of business or tax thing or all these things that I never understand, which I guess is possible. But if it isn't, you wonder why they don't just allow even the staff to go in and just buy beer, buy cans of beer and then sell them and make the tips. You know, um, Because if I saw their windows open, which they're perfectly set up for because they have those huge glass door windows um, you know, I would go down there and buy cans of beer from them and would very much love that the money went just right into the pockets of the staff. But nothing's happened yet. Um, and perhaps I, we will reach out to the people we know that are workers there and uh, maybe they have more insight. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's a nice uh, sort of segue into the fact that I'm dipping my toe into like trying to figure out ways to actually see human beings. Um, yesterday when I was talking with my beer nerd friends, it was at my friend's um, picnic table, which is next to his apartment building um, on the next block. And um, it's a picnic table in this sort of like gravel parking lot thing. So uh, there were him and like, me and one other friend and we just sort of like maintained our distance around this one picnic table and hung out for an hour and that was very nice and it seemed like um, a reasonable thing to do and it also seemed like a life affirming (laughs) uh, reminder that people still exist and it was nice to talk Um, and it was also nice to talk about stuff besides the pandemic which is obviously the first topic of conversation Um, Whenever you Zoom or call or FaceTime or see in person someone you haven't seen in a few days or a week or whatever, you talk about all of this, um, which we did for a few minutes, but then it just became like talking about um, fish, like the band fish, and um, beer and what's going to happen to Bar Great Harry, so, which is <laughs> not the happiest topic, but it was at least you know not talking about COVID-19 for a few minutes. Um, so we have a we have a nice stoop and sort of um, stoop as well as to our apartment in the garden apartment. We have that sort of three steps, four steps down, and then a well, um, which is the width of the building. Um, so we can actually have one person over, um, maybe two. Uh, we had one person over on Friday afternoon. That was our friend Eric, who lives um, around the corner, and. I stayed down in the well, sort of at the bottom of the steps near our door, and he stayed up um, technically just on the sidewalk. I was like, you know, you can come onto what's quote unquote the property. And he was just like, oh, I'm just going to stay here on the sidewalk. I said, okay. So, um, um, so we pulled that off. And then a week ago, I went over to my friend's Pete and Kara's house, and they have like a big traditional brownstone with a huge stoop and a front yard, and they set up a bench. Um, with like sort of tape around it. Um, but the bench is in the corner, uh, the edge of the property and the stu- they stay on the stoop and you're on the bench and it's like it's like more than 10 feet away. It's actually almost like you have to speak up to uh, <laughs> hear each other. But that works and if, if, it's, if that's, we were saying if this is like 
what we have to do to stay safe and keep other people safe. And, um, you know, we can deal with seeing each other 10 feet away for an hour or two a week. Um, so that's just the way it is. But I'm, I'm happy to have like sort of, um, Realize that, that that is a possible thing to do. Oh, I'm going to keep quiet because upstairs it looks like Julie and Oliver have returned. And I don't want them to hear me talking. Anyway, I'll keep going. Maybe a bit more quietly. Um, so that's been sort of the neighborhood re- report, mask report. Um, walked around for a block today and... Um, Happy to report that most people are wearing masks. Like, I mean, most people, like 95% of people. Um, I've been sitting on my front steps for like an hour today, and um, most people going by are wearing masks. The ones that aren't, I think it's kind of like you give them a pass because it's like, say, a father who is wearing a mask, and then these two six in years and under kids not wearing a mask. And the kids should obviously be wearing a mask, but I think it's okay when they're walking on an empty block and it's just the three of them. But I don't know. As as, as you know, I've been trying to keep an open mind about people's behavior and, and trying not to think the worst of any situation that I observe. Um, I will say that runners, joggers like me, I've noticed that the joggers that go early in the morning like I do because I go because I try to avoid people um, and because I like to run at the beginning of the day, but I feel like those those runners are the ones that are wearing masks. And then when I see people running in the middle of the day, just through the neighborhood, when the neighborhood is like, you know, kind of crowded with families walking around, which are, you know, wide swaths of like groups of three or four and they're unwieldy because there's a kid on a scooter and also like an elderly couples. And it's just like, why are you running through the middle of the neighborhood, you know, with no mask in the middle of the day? And maybe they're actually just running to get out to out of the neighborhood, like, you know, and I'm just catching them as they're like returning or leaving. But anyway, um, so that's the mask report, which is most people are wearing masks. I was walking by D'Amico Coffee when I walked my one block radius today. And D'Amico is, you know, this great coffee place in the neighborhood and they've been around for a very long time. And so they have kind of like old locals that are hanging out and there were two old guys like, you know, in their 70s, kind of beefy Brooklyn dudes and with the masks kind of off, hanging hanging down because um, they were inside and they were the only people inside. And they were talking about like Trump and they said, um, you see the guy, they're saying like, the guy won't even wear a mask. And then the other guy said, they said he should be wearing a muzzle. Somebody ought to muzzle him, which made me chuckle um, and smile. Um Although they couldn't tell I was smiling because I was wearing a mask, but um, I, that was nice to hear. So I think I'm gonna. I keep saying I'm gonna buy my next bag of coffee from D'Amico, but I keep going to East One because I'm kind of fascinated to try all of their coffees. But um, I do love the White Christmas at D'Amico, so I'll get that this week. Um, and the other big thing was um, we had our virtual Grateful Dead night. Um, me and Scott Devendorf, which we usually do at Threes Brewing. And we did it online via the fans.com slash nugs TV slash something, um, which is owned by Relics and Brooklyn Bowl and Nugs, the Peter Shapiro empire. We did it Thursday night and I didn't really get to see the live, what the people see too much because I was actually doing it and DJing and in 
constant communication with the technical guy running it and also with Scott and Michael Arthur who was live drawing. But um, it seems like people actually enjoyed it anecdotally, just like a lot of my friends who are regulars at the actual Dead Night tuned in and everyone seemed to like it, which I guess I didn't know what I was expecting because I was like, this will be fun for me, but why do people want to hang out for two and a half hours, three hours and listening to you know us just quote unquote spin dead tunes? But it turns out that uh, you know, with all the visuals we had, which was great, you know, Michael's drawing and Dan Goodwin's oil sort of painting films from Wyoming, and um, they also people are also allowed to opt in their Zoom camera, and you can kind of dance. So it turns out there were these like families and random people kind of dancing like throughout the country, <laughs> and I guess that added to the fun. And I'm super happy it went well, and I think it's going to happen again at some point. So. We'll do another one maybe this summer. So I'm so glad that went well. Um, it was a nice uh, sort of thing to do, a distraction, a fun distraction. Oh, let's see, audio. Last week I feel like I listened to some nice new albums and this week I did not. The only new thing I listened to was Matt Berninger's new single, Serpentine Prison. The album comes out I think next month. Um, Matt's solo record he made in LA with Booker T. Jones. Booker T. produced it. And Matt Barrick drummed from the Walkman. Waltz on it, Walter Martin. Scott Devendorf's on it. Kyle and Ben from the, the National, the sort of like touring musicians um, are on it. So it was very nice. It's what you would expect a Matt Berninger solo song to be like. It's like, sounds like Matt singing, you know, kind of moody, pretty, you know, kind of gore, mood, moody and darkly beautiful song. Um, so that was nice. The other audio I've listened to is um, these two podcasts. One is Before the Stream by my friend Jason Bemis Lawrence. And he, the idea of this is just to like talk about albums that came out when um, they're starting. He's starting with at least albums from like the early 90s and late 80s, like albums that people of our age, I guess, um, had on physical f- formats. And he's been speaking with a different friend slash guest. So um, they've they started the first episode is Pretty Hate Machine, Nine Inch Nails, which he discusses with. Oh my goodness, I can't remember her name, but she is a musician and lives in Hamilton, Ontario. And I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but it was a it was um great to hear them talk about it. So uh, I started listening to that, um, and then my friend Kara made the, her first. She released her first full episode of In Weird Cities, where she like talks to musicians about the cities and towns they live in and what makes those places great, and. The first episode was Bill Barry of REM, who has kind of rarely gives interviews, and he retired from REM in like 1995. And she went to his farm, and the interview is so nice. It's like um, doesn't ask really REM questions, which she says straight up. You know, she thought he would not be interested, and it's just more about like Athens, how he arrived in Athens, how. You know what the scene was like, the social scene. Um, and it was just really cool. And he talked about how Athens has changed so much. He talked about how there was a crack epidemic in the late 80s in Athens and how he used to live downtown. And it got to a point where there were a lot of robberies <laughs> from crackheads robbing people for money to buy crack. And he had bought land as an investment out of town, outside of town. And he was just like, well, maybe I should just build this house. And he... Um, he he moved out there just like little interesting things about like you know something some sort of like 
thing happens in a town or a city and it triggers something else. And he's like, yeah, so he's been living there for 30 years, 30 years in this house. Um, and he talks about this, his favorite restaurants and he goes into town about once a month for a gig to watch a gig. And um, just really fun to listen to this podcast, In Weird Cities, it's called. And um, there was one REM nugget, which I loved in there, where he talks about um, how most of the bars, the very few bars, when they were start, when REM was starting out, were um, they had a lot of blues bands, just blues and rock bands. And REM, you know, were kind of like a, what they called alternative back then, like indie rock. And he said there was a small scene, and they were friends with the other bands who were obvious people. People now know this. He was like Pylon. Love Tractor, Method Actors, and REM, and other bands, and he said that they could they couldn't get gigs at the very few bars in town, so they were always playing parties. And he said, matter of fact, our first show was a party, and REM's first show is kind of a famous thing. It was like in this abandoned church in Athens, and yeah, so I'd never really thought about it, but yeah, obviously that was a party, and so it's kind of cool that all of their their shows were parties because they couldn't get gigs at the at the bars in Athens. Um, so anyway, in Weird Cities, uh, the podcast by my friend Kara Zuaro, and uh, I will try to listen to more audio this week. Let's see, beer. Um, the the three interesting beers I wrote down just to mention were ones that um, I tasted at when um, that my friend Greg had. Um, so one was a local brewery called Folks Beer, which is over on Luquier Street, Luquier Street, however one pronounces it. Um, Harbinger of Spring. It was a, it's a Bach, a, a Maybach, M-A-I. I actually don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Maybach or Maybach? Probably Maybach. Um, and nice, refreshing, not too high in alcohol beer. I don't, rem- I don't think it was. I actually can't remember. But um, also had a brother, uh, Sonier, Soignier, uh which is by Hill Farmstead, which I was told was the brewer at Hill Farmstead, the founder, used to brew this at Grassroots Brewing where he used to work. And so it's this farmhouse saison, comes in a bottle, like a big bottle. Um, and then it had another farmhouse saison, farmhouse ale, Whistlin' by Suarez family. And, you know, I love Suarez. So it, this is just two great, two great um, saisons, farmhouse ales. And... I always like thinking, hearing this. I always think about the story about like they're called farmhouse ales because they were like beers that were brewed to like sort of quench the thirst of actual farmhouse workers back um, way back when back in the day, as they say. Um, so yeah, those those were the three pretty interesting beers I I got um, this week. And now it's well coming up to the end of this this episode. I think another quarantined week. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen as things slightly open up and also things, people start to get a little more stir crazy and a little more comfortable with breaking rules, not breaking rules. I, I, that was a bad term, but like, you know, comfortable with trying to see, trying to like spread out of it and, um, you know, do more. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we are trying to see if we can safely do things like, go on area road trips this summer um and i don't i don't know i don't know we're gonna do it looks like we're gonna do it because um i have a i don't know looks like we're gonna do it i'm i'm still a little like 
I don't know how to feel about it, but um, just been staying home and I just hope that more good news comes our way. It seems like the news is, gets slightly better each day, despite the fact that we have a complete like <laughs> absence of leadership on the federal level. Um, despite that, it seems like news is kind of good and I wonder what will happen with all of these like crazy photos you see of like people um, in other parts of the country where it hasn't been as bad as New York and so maybe they don't think it will be as bad and I hope it doesn't get as bad but I just wonder what's going to happen as people start to live their lives without thinking about these things. I don't know. We'll see. Um, We'll see. So anyway, I guess that's it. This has been the Conrad Life Report, episode 46, heading into yet another week of mostly hanging out at home um, with the occasional trip to the fruit stand and um, my daily runs in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, um, stay safe and be nice to your fellow person and maybe give people the benefit of the doubt when you see them doing something that catches your eye in a negative way. Um, talk to you next week. Bye.